Hello, and welcome to American Nuthouse, where the lunatics have indeed taken over the asylum. I'm your host, the dyspeptic contrarian, and thank you for taking the time to listen to a grumpy old man complain about everything. I'm not an academic, historian, or theologian. I'm just an average American trying to have a laugh or two as a once great country sinks into the abyss. So much has changed in this country in the past 15 years or so. If things that have since come to pass, had you predicted them, say, back in 2007, they'd have thrown you into a psychiatric hospital. In this slightly abbreviated episode, I thought I would take the opportunity to state and restate why I created this podcast and what I hope to accomplish. But first, some recent headlines that tell you all you need to know about our current state of affairs. Virginia dad accused of beating son's youth soccer coach with metal water bottle. Well, that's what the coach gets for volunteering his time for the neighborhood kids. Apparently, the dad got frustrated watching a three-hour game with no goals being scored. Soccer, bringing hooliganism to America. Water main break near Times Square halts subway service. Is that supposed to be bad news? At least no one will be thrown on the tracks or attacked on the train. I sure hope the rats know how to swim. Porch pirate caught on video stealing iPad right out of FedEx workers' hands. I saw the video, but I'm a bit confused. Yes, he snatched the iPad clear as day, but the porch was left untouched. And the thief didn't wear an eye patch or have a peg leg, and there was no trace of a parrot on his shoulder. So please, fire this headline writer, please. Eminem bans Vivek, uh, I'll say it the right way. Eminem bans Vivek Ramaswamy, there's that name again, from rapping his songs during 2024 campaign. Vivek was disheartened at hearing the news, but perked right up when he was contacted by RZA, Jizza, Method Man, Raekwon, Master Killer, Ghostface Killer, no relation, Inspector Deck, and You God, who asked him to open for them on next year's Wu-Tang Clan tour. Boston cops attacked as hundreds of teenagers brawl outside two cinemas offering $4 tickets. The brawl was in honor of the 60-year anniversary of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's March on Washington. The movie theaters apologized for having dueling marathons of the Equalizer playing alongside Police Academy. Larry Bird was called in to quell the riot. Migrants trafficked into U.S. by ISIS-linked smuggler triggers FBI manhunt. The FBI immediately said that there was nothing to see here and went back to attending PTA meetings, you know, where the real terrorists hang out. Judge rejects sorority sister's lawsuit blocking trans women from joining. The sorority that was suing to make sure that only women could join is Kappa Kappa Gamma. The judge chastised them for discriminating against women with facial hair and testicles. The sorority has now agreed to change their name to Gotta Bigga Dicka. King Charles to axe 20% of royal household staff in major shakeup. 
This is big news, as the royal axe hasn't been used since the 16th century. A housekeeper, two gardeners, and Camilla's boy toy are scheduled for beheading come Boxing Day. The executions will take place at halftime of the Tottenham-Manchester United football match. Dentist accused of killing wife by poisoning her protein shakes. He was reported as being down in the mouth during his arraignment. When he refused to talk, he was given a dose of nitrous oxide and told that this won't hurt at all. If convicted, he will have to spend a minimum of five years with his mouth full of cotton swabs. Portland schools mull banning zeros from cheating and not doing work. The local Muslim community is up in arms as it was an Islamic mathematician that popularized the use of the zero. They're afraid that the next step will be forbidding the girls from wearing burqas during gym class. The issue was settled when the school agreed that all food served in the cafeteria will be certified halal. National Archives has 5,400 Biden emails in which he uses fake names to dish government info to Hunter suit claims. Some of the aliases he used were Dick Hertz, IP Daily, Mike Hunt, Bend Over, and Buster Cherry. In the emails, he also used aliases, aliases for Dr. Jill, including Anita Handjob, Jenny Talia, Tara Dickoff, and Wilmot Dickfit. Hunter was referred to, among other names, as Harry Sack, Jack Meoff, Mike Roch, and Hugh Jass. And finally, hospitalizations for foreign objects and rectums on the rise. By foreign objects, do you think they mean illegal aliens? Doctors claim to have found dildos, ping pong balls, avocados, and even a cactus stuck in the anuses of open-minded Americans. Richard Gere had no comment. I apologize for the juvenile attempts at humor, but it helps me keep my sanity. I started this podcast earlier this year mainly as a form of therapy, and it seems to be working as I only contemplate jumping off my balcony once a week now instead of daily. The political landscape has become so volatile that rational discussions I used to be able to have with friends and family have now become more like a battlefield. I've no doubt that many of you have had similar experiences. So I figured that by creating American Nuthouse, I could share my thoughts with no one in particular and get things off of my chest without having to get into screaming matches. If people were interested in my take on things, then great. If not, nobody's forcing them to listen. As I've always looked at the world, even when things were more normal, with sort of a jauntist eye, I've tended to rely on my sense of humor to make the incoherence more palatable. There are hundreds of podcasts out there that deal with politics and current events. I figured I would bring what I believe to be a unique way of talking about what's happening and see if there was an audience. Yes, I began American Nuthouse with the intention of it being a hobby, as you could no doubt tell by my top-notch production values, but it is my hope that more than a handful of people will find listening to it worth their while. 
I stick pretty closely to a format for each episode, though that there have been a few exceptions. That include recent headlines, the subject of focus for that particular episode, what I hope is a creative and amusing ad, and a personal peeve. This template has helped to organize my thoughts and allowed me to lighten up what could be some pretty dark material. I script things out more than I should, as I'm yet to get truly comfortable with just talking off the top of my head. Hopefully that will happen sooner rather than later, as I'm sure it makes for a more pleasurable listening experience. Believe it or not, the headlines are from reputable news sources. Well, as reputable as any might be considered these days anyway, and are not made up by yours truly. I use them because I think they provide an accurate window into our society and allow me to point out the insanity of what's taking place while hopefully putting a smile on your face. And the lunacy is no longer contained to the fringes of the population, but has branched out to every rung of society's ladder. I'm always a bit uncomfortable when I riff on headlines having to do with murder, but some are just too incredible to let slip by. And just to prove that I'm not completely heartless, here is one recent headline I chose not to make light of. Girl 16 stabbed to death over sweet and sour sauce outside D.C. McDonald's. That things have come to this, that a young woman whose life had barely begun was killed over such a trivial matter only makes me want to cry. And that the media will not pay much attention to this and stories like it I find scandalous. When choosing the subject matter of a particular episode, I try to think of something more big picture rather than discussing some hot item that's in the news. Of course, I bring the happenings of the day into it because it helps to highlight the subject at hand. The overarching point I am trying to make is just how tenuous the line between civilization and chaos truly is. People who should know better are taking us to the brink, and for what purpose, I don't know. Though I don't discount that power and ego are two very big factors. The ad is a way for me to poke fun at institutions and society as a whole. Sometimes it's easier to get people to take something more seriously if you can make them laugh while doing it. At least that's my hope. My personal peeve is really just a way for me to put a spin on and exaggerate the things that drive me crazy. The focus is more on things I encounter while out on the street, and not necessarily the larger societal issues, but at times they do intertwine. So much of what passes for acceptable behavior these days was also a motivating factor in creating this podcast. More on all this in just a moment, but first... I'm doing this podcast as a hobby, but just in case anyone is looking to sell a product, let me give you an example of what your ad would sound like on American Nuthouse. If you're moping about the house and depressed that you had to spend the entire summer with those ungrateful children, then please pay attention. This is the perfect time for you and your significant other to take a relaxing cruise on the Caribbean. I know, I know. You're wondering how you can get away now that kids are back at school. Well, that's easy. Just don't tell them that you're going. 
They'll get home as usual and march straight to their bedrooms, shut the door and enter their virtual world, and have no idea you're not around. And be honest, who wants to be on a cruise with a bunch of kids anyway? All they do is run around screaming and hogging all the space in the jacuzzis while awkwardly dealing with their adolescent hormonal fluctuations. At Neptune Cruise Lines, you can take in the sun at any one of our four saltwater pools. As your skin turns a fluorescent red, you'll be waited on hand and foot by pool attendants from various third world crap holes. Take advantage of our drink packages and get sloshed off your ass for one low price. And bring your appetite. Food will be available day and night, and there's not one scale on the entire ship. The only thing we weigh at Neptune is our anchor. Just one quick note. We've done away with the midnight buffet because a number of gluttons didn't know when to quit and literally couldn't fit back into their cabins. Take advantage of the many options available at our spa. Some passenger favorites are the olive tapenade hummus facial, complete with complimentary pita chips, the hands of stone Swedish massage, and we haven't forgotten about you men. For you, we offer the hour-long prostate stimulation. Happy endings can be negotiated. Our shore excursions can't be beat. At each and every island port, you'll be ripped off by locals who can smell a naive American from a mile away. Don't be lulled into a false sense of security by those dulcet lilts. These people will fleece you before you can say, I'll have a red stripe. Our evening's entertainment will dare you to stay awake. Our lineup of third-rate comics making jokes about how small the cabins are will have the Midwesterners in stitches while you coastal swells make a beeline for the casino. We'll also have some has-been or never-was belting out show tunes from hit musicals like Please Don't Put Your Finger There, Three Jews and a Bagel, and I Was Told I Could Get My Money Back. Yes, on Neptune, the fun never stops. Pay no attention to the recent slanderous headlines of people falling overboard. Nobody just fell. They were pushed. We suspect by spouses that found them making time with other inebriated, sexually frustrated fellow passengers. We're quite proud of all three of our amazing ships, so book your cruise today on either the Briny Barnacle, Chicken of the Sea, or Davy Jones's Locker. And we look forward to seeing you soon on a Neptune cruise. And now, back to the show. The dyspeptic contrarian is a moniker I decided on, for reasons that I believe are obvious to any regular listener. I'm easily annoyed by the flotsam and jetsam that passes for our national discourse, and I'm naturally skeptical and immediately assume the opposite of what comes down from our expert class that we're warned not to question. An expert class, by the way, that's been wrong on an awful lot these past several years. These bunch of morons who might as well have graduated from Sphincter A&M or the University of Groupthink rather than Harvard or Yale. I do feel as though we were living through a version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. People that once were able to think for themselves are now just drooling zombies going along with the herd. The absurdities that seem so obvious to me don't seem to get a rise out of so many. 
American Nuthouse is my vehicle to alert anyone listening that the poop is about to hit the fan and in a really big way. Is it a bit of hyperbole to say that our civilization is hanging by a thread? Seeing that our two most recent presidents are Joe Biden and Donald Trump should let you know that the end is nigh. I recently dreamt that I played the Slim Pickens role in Dr. Strangelove and was riding the nuclear bomb into radioactive oblivion. There hasn't been a time in America's history where so many of our major institutions have promoted societal insanity. I've tried to explain this in previous episodes and won't repeat the litany here, but feel free to go back and listen to the previous 21 episodes. Please. If it's come down to a schlep like me having to warn my fellow Americans as to what's just around the corner, then we're all in big trouble. And now for my personal peeve, valet parking. I know that we are a lazy people, or as certainly as lazy a people who's ever roamed the earth, but for the love of God, are we no longer willing to park our own car? Listen here, Mr. Contrarian, why would I want to walk a block or two to get to the restaurant when I can let myself out by the door and have some lesser human being park my car for me? Why? Because it's probably the only exercise your puffy tuchus will get for the day. That's why. Besides, why does anyone want some stranger taking possession of their vehicle? The idea bothers me, and I only drive a Hyundai Sonata. If I owned a really expensive car, it would make me crazy giving up my keys. Of course, the big advantage of owning a Ferrari or a Bentley is that they always park cars like that right in front so that us losers can drool and buy more tickets for the next Mega Millions lottery drawing. They park my car in another zip code. I'm well aware that we live in a free market economy. Hey, stop laughing. And I don't mind if valet is an option, but I recently stayed at a hotel where I had no choice. And you want to talk about inflation? It was $45. Smackers, simoleons, bones, greenbacks, clams, biscuits. Well, you get the idea. You think you're getting a deal on the room rate, and then you're socked in the mouth with this. So I tried to put a positive spin on it. If there was self-parking, I'd probably have to hike back and forth to my car in the Florida heat and humidity. At least now the car will show up in no time, and Mrs. Contrarian's hair won't frizz up. Fat chance. I'd had the, I handed the attendant my ticket, and in the time it took him to bring the car around, I could have had a three-course meal and taken in a show. The valet valet area soon resembled the San Diego freeway at 5 o'clock on a Friday night. So I finally see my car off in the distance and make my way to it. I'm paying $45 a freaking night. I've waited over 20 minutes for my car, and now I've got to figure out how much I'm going to tip the guy. I can see that several other people are foregoing the tip as they figure the parker is making more money than they are at these ridiculous prices. But I decide to schmear him $3, smackers, simoleons, bones, greenbacks, clams, biscuits, so that he'll key other cars and leave mine alone. I get into the car and make sure there are no quarters missing from the compartment where I keep my change and wait another 10 minutes for the bottleneck to clear before being on my way. 
I'm so pissed off and distracted by this experience that I'm about five miles from the hotel before I realize that Mrs. Contrarian isn't in the passenger seat. I pull over and make sure that I didn't accidentally put her in the trunk, and I head back to the hotel. The guy at the valet stand tells me she got an Uber so as not to be late for our dinner reservation and hands me the note she gave him to give to me. As I try and keep this podcast relatively clean, the gist of the note was that it'll be a cold day in hell before we engage in any conjugal activity. So now I make it a point to check with any establishment I consider patronizing and make sure that I have an option of parking my car. And Mrs. Contrarian has reconsidered and decided not to hire a divorce lawyer. Well, that's enough for today. I've got to lay out my clothing so the wife can pack my bag. She manages to fit about twice as much in a piece of luggage than I do. She's right up there with the Chinese in spatial capacity. And you should see what Mrs. Contrarian can fit into a dishwasher. If you've enjoyed this episode, please give me a five-star rating and tell a friend. If you would like to get this podcast automatically, then please subscribe. If you would like to drop me a line, you can email me at AmericanNuthouse at gmail.com. That's AmericanNuthouse, one word, at gmail.com. I hope you join me again next time for another episode of American Nuthouse, one that I promise you will be much longer than this one. And until then, this is the, the Dyspeptic Contrarian signing off.